to the Concerto podcast series. Welcome everybody to the podcast. This is a first in the new series of podcasts which we are running and it's called Inside Concerto. My name is Justin King and I am a partner at Concerto. I'm joined today by Anne-Marie Southall, who is a fellow partner with me here at Concerto. Anne-Marie is a senior change specialist with 20 plus years experience of managing and delivering major projects. She designs, implements, organized, uh, organization-focused change strategies that deliver major business benefit. She has worked in most sectors with many types of change focus, including transformation, agile IT programs, estate strategy, and business process redesign. Her clients value her ability to get to the nub of people problems, develop pragmatic solutions, and manage implementation in a manner that builds the skills of the teams around her so that lasting change becomes a reality. Recent client feedback praises her ability to understand business needs and quickly win the confidence of operational leaders and staff alike. Amory's speciality is managing the people elements of business transformations, particularly getting to the root of why don't people want to do something and coming up with ideas for things that they do want to do and can do that still achieve the original business goals. Prior to Concerto, Anne-Marie worked in a variety of organizations spanning from PwC right back to her early days in the Rover Group or Unipart as it is now. She joined Concerto as an associate in 2004 and became a partner in 2015. So with that wonderful intro, um, Anne-Marie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Justin. So I understand that for many years now, you've been fascinated by um, what can loosely be described as motivation and how that impacts on team dynamics. So tell, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, it, it, um, it goes back to my days um, as an apprentice in the car industry. Um, when I kind of, I saw firsthand what happens when managers just tell people what to do and then expect them to just do it. Um, and, you know, that, that works fine when everybody understands the task. But if it's complicated or there's any confusion, then either the wrong thing gets done or nothing gets done. And whatever happens, there's always some, um, how can we phrase it? Let's call them unhelpful repercussions, um, either between individuals or between teams. So I decided that um, that was something that I needed to understand more about. You know, what is it that happens? You know, why, why don't people just do what they're told to do? And then, of course, you get into all kinds of interesting sort of psychology um, answers, um, which I you know, subsequently kind of explored as part of my degree and have spent the best part of the last 20 odd years uh, trying to understand better. And do you think that the, the reason why they feel that they potentially either doing the wrong thing or can't do the right thing is possibly because they, they might think that they do know what the right thing is? But they can't have that conversation. So tell me, tell me what you think about people and why they can't have a conversation and what that impact is regarding that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really interesting. You know, what, exactly what? Why can't people just have a conversation? And, and sometimes that's about uh, well, they don't really know what to say. They don't know what it is they want to say, um, or they do know and they're fearful of saying it. Um, or sometimes they're too angry to say whatever it is they do want to say um, in a way that can be heard by others. 
and um, whichever it is, sometimes people need help. And we're not great as people at asking for help. Uh, some people are, but they tend to be few and far between. Because again, we've all been sort of brought up in organisations where, or well, you know, with especially professional organisations where you're you're expected to know, aren't you? You know, it's kind of, of course, you know how to have a conversation with somebody. Um, when in fact, it's we waste a lot of time in not having conversations or in having conversations that aren't as good as uh, as we need them to be. And I think a lot of people that echoes with a lot of people and a lot of organisations um, and 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 our role, I suppose, specifically your role in helping um, getting to the nub of those people problems quickly, uh, especially with uh, transformation uh, programmes, is to identify that early on so you can you can capture the energy that's required and then get people talking. Yeah, and and this is where I kind of. I present my resounding thanks to the neuroscientists for all the work that they've done in the past 20 years or so, uh, and earlier, of course, um, on the way that the, the brain works in relation to human behaviour. Um, and that stems back to some of my uh, earlier career conversations of, um, of my own, where I was um, absolutely told that uh, professional people didn't feel things. They they. They considered them and they knew the answer, um, but they didn't feel things. Um, and that sort of led to a, a whole thing about, um, so talking about feelings, it was, it was like talking about the F word. And what we now know, of course, is that uh, feelings absolutely drive our behaviour. There's a, still a, a lot of interaction between feelings um, and uh, our cognitive part of our brain. Um, and even though we know that there's um, an interrelationship between the, the, the two, it's still very complicated. And we are still driven by strong emotions where chemicals flood our body as they were designed to do back in the very earliest days of our development as, as a tribe of Homo sapiens. Um, and our emotions stop us from thinking rationally. And I love that we have that data now because it explains so much about why things go wrong when people are trying to talk about things that they're struggling to to find a way of having a rational conversation. Um, and, and the other thing that happens quite often as well is that we have one of these rushes of emotions. Um, we do something that is irrational and then we rationalise what we've done because otherwise we'd look stupid, wouldn't we? And we can't, again, as professional people, look stupid. Yeah, that, that, that's ab you're absolutely right. And, and I think it's really key to remember that, of course, is that the underlying chemistry within us is that we are emotional human beings. Uh, and therefore, it, it, we, we react specifically, first of all, in that, in that way, which, which is no bad thing. But one has to understand how that fits into the um, into the programs and projects that we're, we're sort of touching and being involved with. So, Anne-Marie, so where, how, how do, going back to you, because this is all about you, um, how do, um, how do we, how, how do you fit into this and what is your role here then? Well, I, I think that our role as consultants, not just my role, is actually to sort of, to, to hold the space so that we can help people to understand why conversations are, dif are difficult. And that it's just completely normal to be in situations where that is the case. Um, and what I like to be able to do is to sort of help people to understand that 
emotions, just data to be dealt with as part of the way that we communicate. So if someone is angry or frustrated about something, that can be a hugely powerful driver and it needs to be acknowledged. And and sometimes our role is just to help people to express or get rid of the anger or fear, um, which are the two very strong emotions that often get in the way uh, most frequently, and to express that kind of in a way that doesn't wind up initiating an unhelpful emotional response in somebody else because then the whole thing just gets wound up and uh, things can go off the rails uh, very quickly. Um, And even if they don't go off the rails, you don't get the best possible rational solution to whatever the problem is that you're trying to to deal with. Um, And and, and that's where we can be really helpful, because if we can help people to understand that that's normal, that they have to be able to process their emotions and um, and guess, I suppose it's about getting people to listen and talk to each other on a different level to the normal polite conversations that we have. That's fascinating. I mean, I and and just just in summary, there, I just I just noted that it's it's I suppose it's, so. It's understanding what normal is, understanding that emotions are part of that process, and that that learning how to express in a manner that doesn't drive an emotional response or negative emotional response in others within that team, and that actually overall. It might be a term that's been used an awful lot, and for good reason, that it's good to talk. It's also good to listen. And good to listen. Brilliant. <laughs> Amory, many thanks indeed for your time talking with me today on this podcast, and I look forward to speaking to you very soon. Many thanks. Thanks a lot, Justin. Many thanks for listening to the Concerto Podcast. Please keep an eye out for further episodes, and if you'd like to get in touch with me directly, my name is Justin King, so please send me an email at j.king at concerto.uk.com. Or if you'd like to find out more information about Concerto, please head to our website, which is www.concerto.uk.com. Many thanks.